it's time for Rap Salad Review with your hosts, Wayne Noon, Chad Lutsky, Greg Noble, and Ken Wood. Great band, by the way. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Rat Salad Review. Sorry we're a little late tonight. We had a lot of uh, problems. <laughs> Mostly Greg's fault. Greg's, Greg's uh, co-worker's fault. Oh, I think Greg's stuck again. He's just looking at me funny. Yeah. He's <laughs> mad. He's angry. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Hey, there he's back. Welcome to Rat Salad Review. Today's episode is uh, Brant Bjork, Mankind Woman. Episode, what episode is this for? Technically, yeah. Yeah, technically four. Wow. 3.5. Four and a half weeks. Exciting. How is everybody today, tonight? Uh, good, man. It's getting good. tired. Yeah, me too. Tired. I'm, this is my sleepy voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How are you doing, Greg? Oh, yeah, I'm I'm good now. A little was a little irritated earlier, but you know. Yeah. All right. So let's begin. Uh, any any news or anything going on? Any news not related to KK Downing? You mean? Anything. <laughs> uh, I thought you guys were going to bring something. You guys got something to? I got something. I got something here. I saw a couple things. I did see one thing that I thought was interesting. What's that? Um, I, I, I thought, I've always thought it was hilarious, the whole Dragon Cartel debacle with the singers uh, switching out. I don't know if you guys followed that a few years ago when Jakey Lee put oh, out yeah. his uh, Dragon Cartel album. Yep. And the first show they play with the singer, he's wasted. Mm. Um, he can't even sing. Uh, he's way off key. He gets the lyrics to Bark at the Moon wrong of all songs. And, uh, I'm sure Ozzy's done that too. So, well, yeah, that's Ozzy though. But yeah, he, uh, a lot of people, I mean, he, people really raz on him, you know, Blabbermouth and YouTube. And then he, uh, um, soon after that, uh, it wasn't in the band anymore. And they got another singer and played some shows. Then they got another singer. And they had a total of four singers that summer, I think. Wow. And it was just so hilarious because, you know, the comments and then there'd be another video with a different singer for a night. And um, I, the article recently, Jakey Lee po uh, talked about, he was interviewed about that and they have the original singer back in the Dragon Cartel, uh, Red Dragon Cartel, which yeah. is actually a decent band. Um, but uh, in the, the first album was not bad, but uh, they, uh, he was talking about, uh, they were asking about the singers. And I guess what happened is, I don't know, you know, he was kind of vague. I don't know if the guy just had drug or alcohol problems or, or what, but it sounded like more like they had a, a personal issue they had to work through. Right. And he never officially fired him, and the guy never officially quit. It's just that there was this hiatus that they needed to uh, go through and that the other singers were uh, just kind of stand-ins in the meantime. Mm. But, at the but, but at the time it was going on, it was like, Dang, Jake, I, can you not get along with anybody or what? Because uh, that's what it seemed like. So it was interesting to hear what actually happened. Did so, they put an album out since the first one? 
they have one coming out real soon. Oh, so yeah. I, I guess it doesn't have the or the the original guy back on it, or yeah, it does. Yeah. Oh, it does. Okay. Yeah, he's singing on it. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he started working on it with one of the other guys, though. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. No, I think they were like you said. I think they were just stand-ins. Hmm. But I don't know. I never never even listened to it. So I really don't know. You might like it. I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what all your, what your tastes are, but it's it's not bad. My tastes are pretty much anything, as long as it's good. I don't I don't really have a preference. I mean, you know, power metal is my favorite thing, but uh, you know, as long it's as it's definitely good. not. It's just pretty much straightforward. I mean, I don't know if you heard any of. Uh, if you liked Badlands, I think he would like it. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. No, I don't think so. I, I never. I never paid attention to Badlands, but uh, really, um, yeah, their two albums are really good. Yeah, so uh, the second one's my favorite, Voodoo Highway, but they both are great. You know, you can't go wrong with Jake Ely and Ray Gillen. He's a good guitarist. He's uh, that's for sure. And I, I know he got screwed over with uh, with Ozzy, and a lot of a lot of those early players did anyway, as far as getting royalties and songwriting credits and things like that. Oh, yeah. Bob Daisley and Lee Kerslake never got their due out of all that. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, uh, like, Black Sabbath and stuff, Tony Iommi's uh, writing more songs. Yeah, he's probably going to do a... Maybe he'll do a solo thing like he did before we had all these guest singers on it. Yeah. What was That'd that? That would be cool. What yeah. was it called? Was that just called Iommi or something? Yeah. Iommi. Yeah. yeah. Didn't he do yeah, there's else? some good songs in there. Uh, uh, he did a couple albums with Glenn Hughes, the 96 DP sessions. That's a really good right. record. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the other thing he did. I know that the album, uh, the seven star is, is technically a yeah, solo album, but mm-hmm. yeah, but the cut, but the, uh, record contract, uh, that he was, he was forced to put the words black Sabbath on there. So yeah. yeah. Same <clears throat> Same thing with uh, Born Again. They were actually going to rename the band and continue on with Gillen, but uh, really? Don Ar- yeah, Don Arden demanded that they put it out as Black Sabbath. Hmm. Isn't that and, one of your uh, favorite albums, Greg? Hello, Greg. I think he froze up for a second again. Again, he's got bad uh, Wi-Fi where he is now. Yeah, he moved from the bathroom to the uh, kitchen. <laughs> Best record. I can't tell. What'd you say? We, I was just seeing if it is it good? Is yeah. It? Okay. Yeah, no, uh Born Again's my favorite Sabbath record. I really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Have you heard the Born Again demos? Yep. Yeah, that sounds better than the the album, I think. On some songs, it does. Yeah, the, the production on that record is just, especially the drums, is just horrible. Yeah, horrible. Yeah, the the engineer really ruined that. Yeah, yeah. It's nice that those demos are out there. I like the. Uh, there's a couple songs on there I, I really like, and I think it's, <clears throat> I think it's an underrated Sabbath album. But for me, that's where that's where I end my relationship with Sabbath is at that record. I don't like anything after that. You don't like the Tony Martin years? No, no. No. You don't like Seventh Star? No. I I, I I tried to like it when I was a kid. I think, I don't know how old I was when I, that came out, 13 or 14, but I just couldn't, 
I couldn't get behind it. And there's probably some Sabbath albums I've never even heard because I just didn't, I just didn't like it. It's, you know, Dehumanizer's okay. It's different, you know. It's kind of still along the same lines like of, of the Dio stuff, though. The Dehumanizer or or the it's stuff a, with all the Tom Martin era stuff. Yeah. Well, well, I just don't like that singer. Well, I for me personally, I prefer uh, the version of the Eternal Idol that has Ray Gillen singing on it. But I think yeah. Tony Martin does a pretty good job on that one. I mean, when you think of Black Sabbath and all of the uh, original things they were doing, anything from Planet Caravan to some of the jazzier stuff on Never Say Die, it's like they experimented and they came up with this whole like almost like subgenre really. And then all of the everything that came after Born Again was just straightforward, predictable rock to me. Right, yeah. You know, there was no there was no cool experimentation or yeah, not really. I'm wearing a Blazing Stone shirt, so uh if Sed sees the show, I'm Blazing Stone. You're back. Nice. I'll have to uh, tag him. I'm wearing this, so if Jamie Lee Curtis sees the show, then uh should tag her in the show. <laughs> um Judge Dredd, so Stallone, I, I guess. Or, or, <laughs> or maybe Anthrax? I was just going to say, well, yes, Anthrax. So now I'll put in the description we talked about Anthrax, Blazing Stone, and Halloween, and uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Jamie, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Curtis. Yeah. That's going to be a good movie. I'm very excited for oh, that. Oh, I can't wait, man. Can't wait. But um, uh, we were talking about news a little bit. I did see that band. I can't remember what the name of it is at this point, but uh, they won their appeal against Led Zeppelin. Really? Yeah, for that uh, Stairway to Heaven. Was it, so that that's yeah. going to go back to court. I, I did see that it was going back to a court. That's right. Uh, I can't remember the name of the band either. Wasn't it Led Zeppelin? Or am I thinking of the other Iron Maiden band that was called Iron Maiden? No, it was. It's a band that claims that uh, they were ripped off. Um, yeah, I remember "Stairway to Heaven." That the song was ripped off from them. That some of the melody. Yeah. yeah. I want to say Stratus, but I don't think that's right. That sounds familiar. I I don't know. I don't think I thought it was started with a W, but I can't remember. I don't know. I say that's Led Zeppelin's song. Number oh one. yeah. Well, it definitely wouldn't be the first or fifteenth time that they've ripped a song off. So, <laughs> no, they ripped off all the uh, blues guys too. So it's oh yeah, like crazy. Uh, but they definitely yeah. made it their own. I mean, yeah, they're, they're unrecognizable. Right. Have you guys ever seen uh, Bill Burr's animated show on Netflix, Epis for Family? I tried watching. I didn't like it. Uh, well, me personally, I think it's hilarious. It's one of the best ones I've ever seen. But anyway, he takes his kid to a concert at one point, and uh, they go to see his version of Zeppelin, and he names it Lifted Riffs in the uh, show. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Never seen it. It's funny. Uh, what is that on? Netflix. Netflix. Oh, okay. I've been watching... Uh, uh, Bojack Horseman. That one's okay. Is that that cartoon? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's kind of weird. That's too weird for me. <laughs> I like Rick and Morty. Shit. Yeah, Rick and Morty's good. Uh, what else here? Uh, oh, do any of you guys like Machine Head? Uh, yeah. N- no, but I did. Yeah, I saw that article with the uh, 
With, uh, or we talked we build. talked about that in the yeah in the in the metal group or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Filled the mill and um, actually the whole band left except except for uh, Rob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very strange. He's, but I don't know much about him or or uh, anything. Is he kind of a, a bit of a drama queen? I I know that when Phil. And Selmo did his thing. Rob put on this really long video. Yes, yeah. That was just kind of like, okay, dude, we, we kind of get the point. And um, yeah, he was just, it looked like he was trying to make uh, some friends with that video or something. I don't know. And I hadn't really, and then I, the last time I heard about him again was another video. So I don't know if that was his kind of thing, like kind of a drama it, thing. It seems to be lately. I didn't think he was that way. But the way he goes on Facebook. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think so either, but a lot of the comments in the group there, it seems like he's like that now or has been like that for a few years. Yeah. Mm. I think because I, I, lo- I love Machine Head. And mm-hmm. I, like that drummer, they had a really great drummer. And uh, the last couple of albums they put out, it's it's like they're back to the way they used to be, you know? And they put out some really good albums. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh, I, I haven't paid enough attention to really make any kind of judgment at all with that band i've only heard a couple songs just one of those bands i mean there's so many metal bands out there that uh, can't keep up yeah yeah i just uh, i just for whatever reason if they didn't grab me then i just don't get around to listening to them yeah yeah well if you heard like one song you kind of like heard them all almost in a way Mm -hmm. because they all kind of sound the same ish yeah but you know they just they have good songs so that's that's all yeah what else here? Uh, Guar has got a new video. Anybody like Guar? Uh, I, 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 I appreciate what they do or what they were, you know. Yeah, I appreciate what they do with their costumes and their stage show and stuff. But I don't, I don't really listen to them. I did, I did watch the video. I did listen to the song. It's very, uh, it's very punk rock. Yeah, yeah. The, actually, the whole new album is pretty more punk than you know their usual. Yeah, song. it didn't really sound Guar. I mean, not and not just for the obvious reasons, but. With, with odors being gone but yeah. uh it didn't sound like war to me i never would have like listened to it and went, been like God, that sounds like war you know yeah. with yeah. a different singer you, it, think it, they uh, you think they should have carried on sure yeah i think so too why not i mean they got a lot of invested in that in that stage show and, and it fits perfect it, honestly that band is perfect for like losing a member you know because they're supposed to be from another planet anyway and they can just and I and I'm sure they probably did. I, I think they did already incorporate his death into their lore, right? You know, <clears throat> yeah. And so I, I think if any band can pull it off, problem is Odorous was such a huge part of that. That character was such a huge part of Guar, and that voice is so distinguishable, right? You know, and distinct yeah. and perfect for what they were doing. That you know, yeah. And then he did all the artwork and stuff like that too. So it's, yeah, he's he's pretty much started that whole thing with the. With the even the mask making in the early days and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah him and the original Beefcake, the Mighty, and uh, you know, he's the same. I don't even. Yeah, Dave Brocky, Odorous Orangus. No, no, he was no, no, the no, singer. No, he was the singer. No, I'm talking about the original bassist. Isn't he the singer now? I'm I'm, I'm confused sometimes with. This. I think one of. I, uh, I don't uh, think Mike's old, still in the band unless he came back. Um, because the uh, the guy playing beefcake, Mike, Mike Bishop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mike Bishop. Yeah. Yeah. He's the singer now. Oh. Okay. I think I'm pretty sure he is. 
I get confused because there have been so many people in and out of that band. It's uh, I don't know who's. Yeah, I didn't even realize because he left for a little while, I think, and I didn't even realize he was back in the band. Yeah, I could be wrong. Yeah, no, he's, back. <laughs> he's the singer. Um, yeah, because so the, talking like how they can uh, pretty much switch up members and it don't matter. Now, Kiss was talking about doing that a couple of years ago. Yeah. You think well, I saw be... they're planning on retiring permanently now. I know. I see that. And now uh, Ace, uh, Ace Fraley is the new uh, K.K. Downing. He wants to get back and kiss. Well, I, I look at it like this, man. And same with K.K. You know, these guys are doing uh, – well, I, actually, I don't know what K.K.'s doing. But, like, with Ace or anybody that's, like, putting uh, – that is in the spotlight currently because they're promoting stuff, they're – getting asked all these questions right they're not seeking they're not seeking stuff out and saying hey i want to talk about this right yeah. so when they're asked a question the same freaking question that everybody wants to know they're you know they're being polite and they're answering it and it makes it look like blabbermouth makes it look like they just can't shut up about it right exactly and, and that's not that's not the case now in kk's play you know i don't know what he's promoting so i don't know why that is um, always been in there, or, you know, has been in the news so much. But uh, his, his memoir came out last yeah. month. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then that makes sense. But again, he's, you know, so he's probably doing some kind of, uh, you know, uh, book tour type thing, whether it be virtual or otherwise. And so he's probably being, you know, asked that same thing. So it looks like he's just won't shut up about it. Yeah, he's got to keep his name out there. Any publicity yeah. is good publicity. I guess. <laughs> But yeah, I I don't think uh, I mean Ace might be able to pull it off. He clearly does not play as well as he used to, which is really a shame. Um, but uh, I don't think that Peter could do it at all. Oh no, definitely not. He couldn't even play oh. it when he came back. Yeah, he he, he really struggled. Yeah, and yeah. I, I would imagine being a drummer. I, I'm not a drummer, but I I mean it's. It's it's physically demanding, and to go into your 60s still playing. I mean, it's not like he's a thrash drummer. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll see how uh, Ulrich does uh, when he's in his you know approaching 70 or whatever. Mm. And then some people, I don't know if it's they uh, they just like Lombardo man. He's still he doesn't stop killing it. Yeah. So, but you don't think Kiss could uh, continue on without any original members, do you? I think that's silly. I think that's stupid. I think that people would not. I think if they did try it, it'd be like the elder. Just people would not be interested. <laughs> yeah, who wants new music from people they don't know? You know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because, I mean, especially people my age who grew up in the '70s with Kiss. I mean, that you know, you had these four distinct enigmatic characters, and now even that mysterious, you know, that mysticism about Kiss is gone with Gene's yeah. big mouth and his reality show and stuff. And so I tried, sometimes I pretend that they're two different entities. There's right. the Gene Simmons on the TV show or the Chaim, whatever his name is. And then there's the dude that I looked up to when I was a kid growing up and had posters all over my wall that didn't speak all this arrogant, uh, ego, egotistical, right. you it's know, same jive. It's the same thing like with Ozzy with me. Like when he did that show that he had, totally killed Ozzy. Yeah, yeah. What are you laughing about? Yeah, I think it was just showing everybody the fool that he actually is. <laughs> I know, and it shouldn't have been. You know, nobody wants yeah. to 
I did find it very entertaining for all the wrong reasons. Well, yeah, you, you couldn't stop on. watching yeah. it like a, like a train wreck. You can't stop. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is tough to uh, to watch. It's even tough for me to, to watch him on stage now shuffling around. And uh, um, he's got some real strange signature moves now where he, uh, especially the one where, you know, he can't stray too far away from his monitor. Yeah. yeah. Um, because he can't even remember for whatever reason the lyrics to Paranoid. Oh my god! And uh, but yeah, he does this signature move of taking the mic off the stand, just taking yes. a step away, putting it back, oh, on, back on, and then just keep doing that. Like he keeps forgetting or something. And the, the poor guy, I mean, he's yeah. put some great music out though, man. Especially oh, yeah. uh, you know all of the Sabbath stuff and uh, especially the first. Well, he has been part of some bands that have put out some great music. I do not respect Ozzy as an artist. I mean, he's got a unique voice, but... he I, I, I was disheartened to find out that Geezer was writing uh, almost all of the lyrics. Right. I, I thought that was strange, but I do know, you know, seeing interviews with, um, and like documentaries with Sabbath and all those guys, they... They, they talk about what a great uh, job he does with coming up with melodies. And that was part of the reason why I love Sabbath so much is because the melodies that, that Ozzy, you know, other than, you know, just every, everything else in it, but uh, the melodies that Ozzy would come up with. Yeah. I, I will say, though, for Sabbath to continue, I really think he had to go when he did just because he's limited with the way he sings with the melodies. I mean, they're great, but... Ozzy really, he just follows along the melody. He can't really be dynamic like Dio was, and that's why Heaven and Hell, I feel, is so refreshing after Technical Ecstasy and Never Say Die. It was like the band was reborn. Yeah, I think of them as I, I, I think of them as two different bands, really, because they're so far reserved from each other. Well, I mean, I mean, like with uh, Heaven and Hell and uh, the Mob Rules. Uh, versus, you know, Never Say and Die and Technical Ecstasy, which I love Never Say Die and Technical Ecstasy, but I also really like um, Heaven and Hell and the Mob Rules. Like, Mob Rules never gets talked about enough, in my opinion. No, so I was no it does Heaven and Hell. So I was, everybody talks about Heaven and Hell, which is a great album, but man, the Mob Rules, songs like Sign of the Southern Cross and uh, Falling Off the Edge of the World are some of the heaviest riffs yep. ever been written. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. And uh, I love Technical Ecstasy, too. Never Say Die, I love about half of. The rest of it's just filler. Yeah. Like, those albums sound good, though. They have a good sound to them. Like, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. The, the, the guitar tone is, is definitely very different. I think what I like about Never Say Die is just uh, it, it has some jazz in there that's um, – I just like it, man. I, I like what they – I would love to, to see Sabbath just put out something more – jazz influenced i think rather than trying to i mean 13 i thought was a good album but rather than trying to return to that doom stuff it'd be great to hear them do something that was more experimental right yeah instead of what they think everybody wants to hear right you know yeah well i mean there's a lot of a lot of jazzy parts a lot of swing to paranoid in the first album master reality so oh well sure well master of reality you think so well, on a few songs, but not on the album as a whole. But definitely a paranoid. I mean, fairies wear boots. It's got some swing and stuff. But oh well, and, dude, it's all over the first and, record. And uh, and then paranoid. Um, you know, that's pure jazz right there, man. That psychedelic jazz. Love that. Oh yeah. 
that's one of my favorite uh, Sabbath songs ever. Really? Oh yeah. I get sick of that song. I love that song. My favorite Sabbath song ever is that three song sweep from the first album behind the wall of sleep followed by nib basically. Yeah. Mm. And the wasp. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to say, uh, the warning in that, uh, eight day solo. <laughs> I do love the warning. Yeah. Actually, honestly, probably my favorite Iomi solo recorded on the album is probably Dirty Women from Technical X. Dude, yes, that's I mean, my second favorite. That song just yeah. comes out of nowhere and yeah. rips the world in half. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's very progressive, too, that solo. That is my second favorite. My first favorite solo of Iomi's on any record of his is uh, both solos in Over and Over on yes very cool alright one last thing uh, Metal Church which I'm trying to get um, a copy of the album for review uh, coming out with an album in December called Damned If You Do that'll be uh, that'll be cool to hear who's singing on that uh, Mike Howe okay oh, so cool. that's the second guy that I got right that they had um, for so long and yeah yep, yep. Yeah. yeah this is the second album with him back right He's got the short hair now and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It looks kind of weird, but you know what? Everybody's getting short hair, and they're, you know, they're older guys, so. Yeah. But that should be cool. Yeah, I messaged them today, so hopefully they get back to me, and uh, we can review that album one week. Right on. And uh, this chat's going to end soon. Yeah. But, well, we, what we could do is start it over and then go right into the review. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go through this real quick, and then we'll do that. I, guess I did some history news. On this day, October 4th, 1961, Bob Dylan makes his uh, concert hall debut at New York's Carnegie Hall, earning $20 for the night. Of the 50, 53 people that attended, most were friends. Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. Wow. At, at Carnegie Hall, too. Yeah, and to only 53 people, that's a, okay. Yeah. Especially, you know, considering what he became, you know. Yeah. But I guess everybody starts somewhere. Uh, sure. Uh, 1969, Abbey Road, the last album by the Beatles, was recorded. It entered UK charts at number one. Uh, the, the LP would go on to be the group's biggest seller in Britain, although the Beatles, the White Album, sold more in North America. Uh, I guess we had better acid. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good album. Are you guys Beatles fans at all? I love I, the White Album. Yeah. yeah, I was listening to the Beatles tonight while I was cooking dinner. I just became a big Beatles fan. Yeah? What, what, what made you into a big Beatles fan? Uh, listening to shows about Paul McCartney's death. Conspiracy <laughs> about the Beatles. Particularly that stemmed from uh, the album in question right now. Abbey Road, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he's not wearing his uh, shoes on the album. Yeah. So, but yeah, I thought that story is kind of interesting, you know, because they have all the um, things in the album artwork and stuff about him actually being dead and stuff. So it's it's kind of cool to listen to that stuff. Have you have you read anything about the conspiracy that uh, the Paul McCartney that we know is not the Paul McCartney that was in the Beatles? Yeah, it's um. Oh man, nah, nah, what the hell's his name? Um, I don't know, but. Like on. they got, like they hired some lookalike 
Yeah, yeah they, they, hired, they did a contest to, to, for a lookalike, and I wish I could think of his name right now. I was just listening to something the other day about it. Uh, um, it'll come to me later. Anyway. Have you have you guys ever seen the Simpsons episode where they make fun of uh, the backmasking controversy with the Beatles? Uh-uh. There's one where Lisa becomes a vegetarian and Paul McCartney guest stars, and he says, oh, all that was a bunch of rubbish, except if you play Maybe I'm Amazed Backwards, you'll get a recipe for a really ripping lentil soup. <laughs> and then over the end credits of the song, they actually got him to go back in the studio and record this recipe underneath of the song. <laughs> and oh, they play it backwards over the credits. <laughs> That's funny. Did you hear that clutch song that's a recipe for crab cakes? No, but I think I may have to. I like crab cakes. Check it out. I, I'm not a big fan of them, but they have a song dedicated to... Uh, I like clutch. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. I saw them a few times opening for some bands, and uh, they didn't do nothing for me. Anyway, 1974. Thin Lizzy play their first date with the twin guitar lineup of Scott Gorham and Brian Robertson. Nice. Yeah, I love Thin Lizzy. We got to do a Thin Lizzy show one day. Oh, definitely. I love Thin Lizzy and I love uh, Brian Robertson just as a guitar player. The album he was with Motorhead on, Another Perfect Day, is one of my favorites. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't really have any non favorite Lizzy albums. They're all really good. Uh, 1990, it's talking about Ozzy. Um, two separate lawsuits are combined on appeal against CBS Records and Ozzy by the parents of the 17-year-old Harold Hamilton and 16-year-old Michael Waller, both of whom alleged to have committed suicide after listening to Osborne's suicide solution. The, the Supreme Court refused to reinstate the case. The California court had already dis, dismissed a separate suit in 1988, ruling that suicide was not a foreseeable result of Ozzy's song. That's 1990? <clears throat> I thought that was earlier than that. 1990. Well, it happened, um, it happened earlier, and then... Um, mm. Uh, I guess the courts. I, I just read the damn thing. The Supreme Court. Yeah, the, the, it happened in '88. Yeah, yeah, because both with them and then the one with Priest with Better by You, Better Than Me, both of yeah. them happened in the '80s. But mm-hmm. I don't think the Supreme Court, like Wayne saying, decided until 1990 or '91. Yeah, people were very, very paranoid in the '80s. Yes, yeah, thanks to people like Geraldo Rivera and uh, David Benoit. The, the Satanic Panic and all that. The Dungeons of the oh, Mazes yeah. and Monsters movie that they made with Tom Hanks about the dangers of playing Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've seen that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. yeah. And this I thought was very interesting. Uh, 1986, Sammy Hagar fronted Van Halen. Hits number 22 with their single Love Walks In. Uh, it was featured on the album 5150, their first album with, uh, without David Lee Roth. Then 1996 uh, is Gary Sharon's first album with Van Halen. Yeah, we, we try to forget that. I know. But isn't that weird? 1986, Sammy. That is weird. And in 1996, Gary Sharon came in. Mm-hmm. Ten years later. You know, yeah. this this sounds like something Greg would say because he's very controversial with the things that he likes, but <clears throat> 5150 is easily my favorite uh, Van Halen album. Okay. Can I buy some pot from you? Uh, 
I don't Dude, smoke. That is a good album. No, I do not like it. That oh, is nothing but radio regurgitated rock for soccer moms to listen well, to. Well, let, me, let me tell you, man. I, I, first of all, I think that David Lee Roth, uh, the dude is awesome. I, I really like, I love to hear him talk. Mm-hmm. I read his uh, autobiography. He's uh, very well read, very intelligent, and he's lived a really cool life. But um, that record, I had just moved to Denver. I saw him on the on that tour in Boulder. And it holds a, it's one of those records, and there's not too many records I have like that where I put them on and I am immediately back to where I first heard it. And no matter what I'm doing or how, how much time has, has lapsed. But so that that thing is, is a, you know, I can tell that it's it's my favorite because of those circumstances. You know, I don't know that. And I, honestly, I think there's some great guitar uh, works on, work on there that Eddie does that is um, much harder to play than a lot of the, old, the other stuff that he did when, with David Lee Roth. The only thing I didn't like is uh, how they changed up the drums. They made them like electronic sounding. They kept the snare drum sound. Yeah. But then the toms, they made them like all electronic and stuff. That's true. I would really have to listen to 51 to 50 again. I have not listened to it in years. The the AOR approach just pissed me off so bad. But um, I'm not against giving it a chance. I did buy it on vinyl again recently. Yeah. Plus a lot of that, Van Halen, some of those albums, they're like... Like, I wasn't a big fan of all that weird stuff that David Lee Roth used to like to play. You know, all of the stuff that was not rock. That's um, only really on Diver Down that he does that, though. No, nah, he does some funky song on, uh, is it Women and Children First or Fair Warning? Some funky, like, kind of like, yeah, some song that's not, at least one on there that's that's just goofy. Well, they do Ice Cream Man on the first. No, one. that's a good song. Uh, it's some like kind of like old timey thing that I just don't like at all. I can't remember what album it's on. Probably Fair Warning, maybe. It's either that or Women and Children Diver First. Down, maybe. No, I, and no, it's not on Diver Down. Diver Down, they definitely do some of that stuff. Yeah, that's women, all Diver Down is. <laughs> the covers, right? Yeah. There's a couple originals on it, but it's my, it's just Eddie uh, noodling on an acoustic guitar. All right, so now we're back, and let's get into Brant Bjork, Mankind Woman. All, All right, right. Who wants, to, who wants to go first? I'll actually, uh, Greg, you lead this off because uh, this was your pick. No, this was Chad. Oh, you know why I said Chad? I mean, I said Greg because I got the names backwards. Uh, on my screen, they look fine. Yeah, no, uh, on uh, on YouTube it's different because I got to switch. Oh. oh, okay. Why you stop laughing at me? This isn't funny. Uh, it's funny. pretty chocolatious. Chocolatez, right on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Right. And yeah, this is my <laughs> pick. Uh, I'm a I'm a Brant Bjork fanboy, and um. I think I discovered him. I can't remember which one of you guys like to download music, but uh, Wayne, I think that was you. Me? No, I don't. No, nah, that was me. <laughs> um, I discovered him because I used to do that a lot in the late '90s, and um, I discovered him that way. And I can't remember exactly how, but um, it was kind of funny because I had a magazine at the time um, 
that was starting to get a little bit big for me to handle by myself. And uh, Man's Ruin Records was sending me a lot of music at the time, and, and Fu Manchu was on there. And they had uh, just put out uh, the Eaton Dust EP, which Brent Bjork plays on. I'd never heard of, I'd never even heard of uh, uh, Fu Manchu. This was 98, 99. So did you and, hear um, Caius, though, at the time? I had heard of Caius, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, loved the Fu Manchu thing. I, I wrote it up a really good review, and I was super impressed by how heavy the drums were. Mm -hmm. um, and I said uh, something about in my review, whoever this drummer is, I need him for my band. Yeah. And uh, and then probably a couple years later, I discovered Brant Bjork and then started listening to him and found out that he played on that album and, and some other ones. And um, for me, it's one of those bands like like kind of like Kiss or, or, or um, maybe ACDC where it's like, I want to own it on vinyl, not just on, you know, some of that 70s stuff. It's, you're supposed to, it's like you're supposed to own it on vinyl. Exactly. When it has that sound, you feel like it should be listened to on vinyl. Yeah, and in the covers usually. So I always buy, uh, most of the time I buy brand stuff on, on uh, vinyl. And, of course, he always puts it out because he's a big, you know, laid back, you know, grooving 70s dude. But um, this album... Well, well, back to back to him, I guess, real quick. Yeah, Brant was uh, the drummer for Caius. He also wrote some of those tasty riffs that you hear on those uh, albums. Yeah. Um, uh, they used to be called something else, start with a K, I think. And uh, at 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 his uh, request, they changed it to the Sons of Caius, mm -hmm. based on a, a Dungeons and Dragons thing, and then they shortened it to just Caius. Back to those Dungeons and Dragons again. Yeah. I think it was in the eight dangerous stuff. Yep. So, uh, yeah. And then he ended up playing, um, he ended up playing with, um, Fu Manchu. He, he produced the first moon Fu Manchu record. And then he played on the four records after that one. And then he played with, uh, Mondo generator for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, J, which is basically sounds like a Brant Bjork. It sounds like a heavy Brant Bjork, uh, solo album, but he plays and sings guitar. He sings and plays guitar on that. And then he played for Fatso Jetson. And then after... Uh, I've never heard of any of these bands, by the way. Yeah. No. They're kind of like sto Manchu. stoner rock kind of stuff, desert rock. Right. It's his, that's his whole thing. He, he came from that scene. And, you know, Caius started that, that whole thing. So mm. a lot of bands branched on. It's like this big family, kind of like Sabbath, Rainbow, and Deep Purple are all part of kind of almost the same family with interchanging members and stuff like that what it reminds me of anyway but yeah so uh um and then uh a couple i don't know five six seven years ago when they were trying to do the caius lives thing did you guys catch yeah. into that at all mm -hmm. and they were playing shows under that that moniker and then of course um josh homie or whatever his name is got a wild hair up his butt and didn't like that at all yeah. so he took brant and um i think nick Oliveira. Uh, and uh, John Garcia to court, and they were forced to change. To, they couldn't use the name Caius Lives. And it, Brant and them, they weren't like, whatever, man. They didn't really fight that hard or anything. They didn't want to spend a bunch of money on lawyers or whatever. So they, they changed it to Vistachino, mm -hmm. and they put a really good record out. Uh, it was maybe three or four years ago. Yeah, It's basically Caius. It just right. doesn't have Josh right. uh, playing in it. Brant plays drums like he was, and he sings on one of the songs, and he wrote some of the riffs and stuff. And 
So I don't like that Josh dude. No, I don't I, like people that don't age either. I, I, I don't either. And then, I, and then to top it off, I saw the, I saw the guy kick that chick in the face um, who was taking picture photographer at one of their concerts. He kicked her right in the face and she ended up having to go to the hospital. And the guy's just a jerk. Wow. Hmm. It's really a- arrogant. It's on. It's on YouTube. You can see it. But anyway, I digress. KK. The uh, but Brand was also in a hard, hardcore punk rock band uh, in the mid '90s called Decon. That's pretty good. And they put it. They put one CD out. That's kind of hard to find. Like the Rat Killer, Decon. Uh, maybe. Oh no! Don't talk about that on this show. It's a rat review. Is it? Yeah, that's true. Taboo. I just said something taboo. By the way, oh, Greg, you got the uh, the new logo on top of your head. Oh, sweet! I was gonna move it, but I can't. So you should be smoking. Like <laughs> Ken doesn't like smoking. Anyway, Band Kind Woman is Brant's thirteenth solo album since nineteen ninety nine. Here's the I made a nice little um, you know thing here. Shows the cover of the album. Album of the week. And uh, and I do want to do a disclaimer here. Disclaimer. A disclaimer, yeah, for me personally. Right. Even though I'm a huge Brand Bjork fanboy, mm-hmm. and a lot of his imagery and some, about a third of his album covers have pot leaves on them, right. and I have a Brant Bjork poster mm-hmm. framed on my wall, and a, a Brant Bjork, uh, what are those things that you put on the turntable, that the, the mat? Like the, oh, slip mat. Yeah, I've got a Brant Bjork slip mat that has a pot leaf in the middle of it. I personally don't smoke and have not since 88 or 89. But so it's kind of funny when my, but my friends know if they come over here in my office and they see, you know, they, they, they know that I'm just into the thing. I just didn't want anybody to think that I'm this, uh, I, that I'm just, that's my thing. And that's why I like Brant Bjork. Yeah. It's, it's his thing. Right. It's not my thing. I just like the music he puts out. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like, uh, I don't know if you know that band, uh, Tankard. They yeah. sing all about alcohol. I don't know oh, yeah. alcohol at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like the band. Yeah. Know? Yeah, they're not bad. Yeah, I like them at Thrash. So, uh, the, um, yeah, same with Municipal Waste. They sing a lot about drinking, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like them. Crossover band. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyway, oh, yeah. so, yeah. This uh, 13th record, man. And, um, Wow, 13th, and this is the first one I've ever heard. Yeah, I didn't realize he had that many. Yeah. And and as as you saw earlier, I you know, I posted I posted some videos from some of the um last couple that he put out, and then I posted one from one of the earlier ones. Mm-hmm. He has a record or two in there with some songs that that try to that kind of fuse some of that Wayne, I know you didn't seem to like it, mm-hmm. but that try to fuse some almost like uh you know, rock with some I don't know. I had some like synths and like some eighties kind of. Yeah. Like new wavy kind of stuff. Which is cool. I like some of that stuff. Cause I like bands like uh shiny toy guns. I like, okay. uh, like, like, they're not bad. No, I like the killers. The killers kind of do that too, you know? So, but you know. yeah, he, some of his stuff is like that. I mean, for the most part, it's very, you know, like a lot of his first album is it's about half instrumental, very chill mm-hmm. laid back that I guess if you were a smoker that you would put on it and smoke too. But, and then some of it is just kind of straightforward groove, uh, desert stoner rock stuff. 
Right. Um, but yeah, he has some parts in or some songs in there, like that one that I posted that are uh, Hindu 65s that um, that do kind of travel into the almost kind of like a new wave mm-hmm. kind of sound mm-hmm. with rock. But I like that. It's not that I didn't like the song. <clears throat> it's, mm-hmm. it's almost like the same problem I had with this album. Mm-hmm. Um, he starts off the songs and like they sound really cool as they start off, but then he never goes anywhere from there. You feel like it's uh, monotonous or something? <clears throat> it's monotonous, but he just doesn't do anything different. It doesn't add anything more to the song. But then, what you start with is is pretty much the whole song. You're used to you're used to the power metal though, where I they are uh, the things going doing different things every two minutes, you know. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I listen to so many different bands, so not not everything I listen to is like. That. So as as a whole, what did you? I mean, anything stand out for you on did Mankind Woman? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I I like the album, mm-hmm. but it's not something that I would be rushing out to go buy. Sure, you know, mm-hmm. it's got a cool sound. It's got that '60s like uh, almost reminds me of, like Jimi Hendrix kind of sound. Yeah, especially that first song, very Hendrix. Yeah, definitely, and uh, yeah, Chocolatize, which yeah. is a very weird name for a song. Yeah, <laughs> is there any kind of meaning to that? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm sure that meaning lies in the bottom of his bowl somewhere. <laughs> My friend said he kept uh, repeating that song in his head all week. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> it's but it's it catchy. Is, it is catchy. It's 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 a catchy song. The lyrics are catchy. The uh, you know the guitar, you know uh, the riffs and stuff are very catchy. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I like the first half of the album. The, the slow paced uh, Lazy Wizards. Wizards. That's a cool song. Uh, Pisces is cool. 1968 is kind of cool, but uh, it gets kind of repetitive after a while. Yeah, my problem with uh, um, the last four albums he put out, I, I really like them, but there's something that he does differently with his <clears throat> recording of his vocals mm-hmm. that are a little bit more raw on these last few albums. Right. But but the song, the third song, Pisces, he doesn't do that. It sounds like something that was on an earlier album mm-hmm. with the overdubbed vocals that are very very clean and much higher than the you know volume than the than the music right and that's one of the reasons why i like his music so much the way that it's mixed and but he hasn't been doing that as much but pisces he de- he definitely did that it, it sounds it sounds older and it has yeah it, it sounds i was telling greg the other day that um i hear a lot of like mid mid early 70s stones stuff in there yeah, um, in some of that, some of that like dirty guitar that that they uh, that they had going on in some of the early '70s stuff, like Sticky mm-hmm. Fingers stuff off from that album, yeah. or Exile on Main Street. Um, yeah, definitely, the sounds that he has on this album are really good, and a lot of cream, man. There's a lot of cream in there too. Mm-hmm. Very raw, uh, kind of dirty guitar sound, um, late '60s, early '70s uh, sound and stuff. It's not my favorite. Grand York record, but I, I like it. In the in the second half, I'm not a huge fan of man. I'm like, I, he has this guy. Uh, I can't remember his origin, but named Sean Wheeler, and he's part of the he's part of the desert scene mm-hmm. out there in California, and um, he's kind of a, a a bigger name out there. And he's been he sang on a couple of Brant's records. I think he sang on the Ch- the Che one, and then. Um, which is some other project that he did. And then he sang a couple songs on various Brant records and they sounded great. And it was a perfect fit for those songs, right. but he sang like three songs on this record. And I just didn't, I didn't really care for almost all of them in particular, the last song. 
I didn't really? like. Yeah. I thought the last song was one of my favorites. Really? Yeah, yeah me too. Did. I really liked Nation of Indica. That's okay. A good... Yeah, I'll bet you did, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of Rage Against the Machine in a way. Really? The way he sounds like he's like protesting the lyrics and stuff, and like the way mm-hmm. the groove is on the drums and, and with the guitar, just sounds similar to like a Rage Against Rage. Okay. I can't even say that. That's terrible. Rage Rage Against the Machine. Okay. Yeah, it is kind of a like a yeah a protesty type of. What, what else I heard too? Maybe I I could be like stupid here. Uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival and Charlie Jinn. Okay. Maybe yeah. We'll that. Just like yeah, the, I can I can I can hear that. The way it grooved a little bit, how it started off. Mm-hmm. Greg has no idea. Honestly, other than a couple of the songs on here, which I wrote down that I liked a lot. Um, let's see here. Chocolatize, Lazy Wizards, Pisces, uh, the, the title track itself, um, Somebody, and then Nation of Indica. Mm-hmm. Other than that, the other songs just really didn't uh, stand out that much to me. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they're bad, it's just uh, he seemed to have gone really kind of no-nonsense back to ba- basics on this one. Mm-hmm. And those songs just kind of seem to follow that formula and never really break out of it for me. Whereas yeah. the highlights are great. The rest of it just right. yeah, is not bad. It's just sort of there. Right. Right. Like uh, that song, Somebody. It's like four minutes of like repetitive nothing. Yeah. And, and Sean Wheeler, he sings on that, I think, doesn't he? I mean, you could tell the two voices apart, but I, I, think I didn't. That... I didn't realize. I just thought maybe he changed up his voice a little bit. No. So no. I had no idea. They That's sound similar. Right. They're, you know, not exact. Well, but. the one Sean Wheeler is a kind of a raspy. Right. Yeah, voice. I didn't notice a little bit difference, but I just thought he was just singing different. Brant's vocals remind me of. Uh, they remind me a lot, and I can't figure out why. They remind me a lot of Ace Frehley. Ace Frehley is not a good singer. He just, but he sings, and on the Kiss albums and on his solo stuff, it sounds cool for what it is. Right. You know, he's not like singing. He's like sing talking if that makes sense yeah yeah it's the kind of singing that you could probably still play if you're 80 years old and sound just like the album right because there's no there's no real strong effort you know it's just your voice kind of like lou reed in a way but better except good yeah Yeah. (laughs) there's no cables in this album yeah yeah I got it. I've never listened to that whole album all the way through. I really don't care to. Don't. Please don't. Yeah, I, I, I probably won't. Don't ever. The only Lou Reed record worth owning is the live one, Rock and Roll Animal. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't I don't get it. Me neither. I don't get it. Um, vocally, the reason I like that one has nothing to do with him. It's more you've got Steve Hunter and Dick Wagner on guitar. From that would later go on to Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper. Yeah. Dick yeah. Wacker. Dick Wacker. Dick Wagner. <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> Back to Brent York. Uh, oh, the song "Brand New Old Times." Does that song sound unfinished? I thought uh, so. I can't remember. I, I haven't heard. I've only listened to the album like four times. It's like a two-minute song. Mm-hmm. And it starts off really cool, has like a cool little chorus thing. And as soon as that chorus gets over, it's done. It yeah, just, I, I, I do know what the song you're talking about. I think that that was a song that I f- felt like 
at that point I'm like, okay, is this going to be a really long, like monotonous thing? Cause I think that song before it may have been, I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, it was. But so I was thankful when I heard it, it fades out. Right. Huh. Yep. Yep. And I was thankful that it was fading out. I remember that because I, I thought, this is cool. I don't want it to be dragged out to something where I don't like it anymore. Yeah. So it's just you know, so I liked that, but I knew I know what you're saying. Yeah, it could have went on just a minute more. I could have used one more minute. Maybe this would have been my favorite song. Oh yeah, it had that potential, but you lost me when you faded it out. Because I had the really cool, um, like a fuzzy, really fuzzy sounding guitars. I like these the mm-hmm. guitars in that one, and the uh, yeah. the bass lines. I like a lot of the bass lines on this album. I don't know if yeah. you pay attention to them too much, but uh, a lot of you know groovy sounding bass. Mm-hmm. And of course, Lazy Wizards has a great groove. <laughs> yeah. yeah, most of the songs do. That's I think. Um, what? I was just gonna say I think Chocolate Eyes. It reminds me of a couple different Hendrix songs. Some of Hendrix, his uh, some of his heavier stuff, like mm-hmm. um, I don't know, maybe like Spanish Castle Magic and. Um, some of the real like groove oriented things, but it reminds me very much, yeah. much like that. Yeah, but there's no Hendrix solos sure. on this album, really. Oh no, no, he's not that kind of. He's not the. No, he's no virtuous or anything like that. He's just a songwriter. Yeah, I mean, I, he played some solos. Uh, I don't know if he did all of this record by himself. The video suggests that he did. I mean, yeah, he's done. It looks like he's in his <clears throat> He's done a handful of records like that, but he's also had bands uh, that he's recorded with, to, or you know, hire musicians or whatever. They go out and tour, and um, I know that uh, like not every album is called Brant Bjork. Like the last one was, I think called Brant Bjork, but I think before that was Brant Bjork and the Low Desert Punk Band, hmm. and then Brant Bjork and the Operators, and uh, Brant Bjork and the Bros. And and I don't know what the decision behind that is. I don't know if it's just different musicians. And then like the three albums before that was like Brant Bjork or something. That's so. what I name the show. Wayne Noon and the Bros. <clears throat> I like it. Could have all wore afros or something. Oh, I will totally perm my hair. <laughs> <laughs> so did you hear anything that you're like, well, if he's got 13 albums, maybe I'll go check out some of this other stuff. I did. Or were you like, I think I'm done here. No, I, I actually, I like the album. Like when I first heard it, it's a very easy album to get into. Yeah. You can listen to this and put it on in the background and just listen to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I would suggest people go buy it because it's a good album, but don't go, oh, yeah. it, go buy it, you know, because yeah. it doesn't change your life anyway. Especially but, when you like to download. Yes. If you don't. <laughs> hey. When they when, put it for free on YouTube, right? Yeah, but... When something is really awesome, like that Voivod, I mean, I bought the CD and the vinyl. Right. Yeah, and I'm, I'm definitely going to buy that. <clears throat> if I, if yeah. I download something and I like it, I'm going to buy it. I don't want to have the download. To me, if I have a download, it's not, I don't have it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I mean, I used to download quite a lot and get myself turned on to some good music. And if I like something a lot, then I, then I would purchase it. But I, uh, I stopped... I don't know. I just, I don't know if it was like guilt or whatever, I, but I stopped doing it. And then a couple of years ago, my own stuff was starting to get, my books were getting illegally downloaded. And uh, I was like, I did not like that. No. And I was like, Oh man, it's payback or what? Yeah. I mean, I'm, there's even, 
they'll keep putting up like fake um, videos on YouTube for my audiobooks. Really? And and so I have to contact YouTube and I'm like, this is I'm the author. This is not. This is I, I do not have my permission to go download. I haven't clicked on the link. I don't know if it's you know right. what kind of link it is, shady thing it is, but um, and and sometimes they'll take them down. Sometimes they won't I have to contact them again. And I was on a website one time and, uh, there was a, some, some author on Facebook or Twitter or something said, Hey, if you, you know, if you write or something good, your book might be found on this website hmm. where they host books where you can download them for free. And this particular author and some other ones went to the site, contacted the site and say, um, I have not given my permission to have my book up here. So whoever uploaded this to your website, they don't have my permission. And they're like, no problem. We'll take it down. Right. And so when I went there, <clears throat> I had three or four books up there. And it said like, I like downloaded like 2,500 times or something. And I'm just like, oh, wow, man, that, that, yeah, all that money. Yeah. And uh, so I contacted them. They took all my books out there. Maybe they're up there again. I don't know. And, yeah, and you among other sites, but right. Yeah, but, um, it happened to me too. With the, my, my my whole thing with that though is I never really clarified. I don't so much do it with uh, new albums, newer stuff. I'll try to do Pandora or Spotify or YouTube first to check it out. What I mostly download is you know I moved about a year and a half ago and I basically sold my whole collection mm-hmm. and my one hard drive had crashed. So a lot of that out of print stuff that's hard to find. I'm not going to give somebody $300 for a CD, you know, that's just some random asshole selling it on Facebook. So that that type of stuff I'll go back and download, but um, I like to support the bands as much as I can. Yeah, like I get that. Yeah, some of that stuff that's not around, like there's some local bands here and stuff that that they're vinyl, excuse me, they're vinyl for a seven inch can go for $150, $175, and that's that's just kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, that happened to me with uh, my Phoenix Rain Band. Uh, all our stuff is on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. So if anybody wants to go listen to it, go ahead. Phoenix Rain. Destination Unknown. Go have it for free. I don't care. Destination Unknown. That's a... Uh, is that a Missing Persons album or song? Oh, I don't know. It's it's, um, I think um, it's a song. It's another It's another album from another band, too. I can't remember. Like Asia or some one of those kinds of bands. Yeah. I can't remember. Oh, is your next band going to be Heat of the Moment then? No. <laughs> I don't get that. I've been listening to all kinds. The last like <clears throat> two or three years, man, I've been listening to stuff I thought I'd never listen to. It's great. That's what's going to happen like, with this show. Like, like rediscovering stuff. I just brought up Missing Persons. I checked them out and uh, a couple years ago. I can't remember which album it is killer record man mm-hmm. crazy new wave stuff mm-hmm. i used to hate that crap when i was a kid yeah a and, lot of uh, stuff i used to hate when i was a kid <clears throat> I listen to now like bowie i never liked bowie yeah. yeah it's weird when you get older and you start listening to things that you didn't like genesis was another one i didn't like genesis either no. I, I love it man I, that's one cool thing that i have loved about getting old is is uh going back and revisiting stuff that and I wonder sometimes if nostalgia doesn't play a part in that because it takes you back to a better, maybe a, a, right. a more comfortable time in your life or something. And, and just that sound, not, not, 
and I'm not talking about songs that you remember being played. I'm talking about like just that the, you can hear the era in the music, right. in the per, in the production, in the drums, and and whatever. And it's kind of refreshing. And so when you when I discovered I liked a couple of these new waves bands, that there's just all this tons of new wave stuff that I've always avoided or or hated. Right. and go back and check it out and it's like i fall in love with a whole new genre and man that's super exciting yeah it definitely is because there's not too many new bands out there that are like you know must go here you know no man i there's so much i i don't like very much new music no me neither i i, just, I like a lot of the newer speed metal and thrash bands and that's about it yeah I, I do like the the uh, crossover resurgence that's happened in the last you know, four or five, six years or whatever with bands like Lich King and, and, uh, uh, ultra violence and, you know, municipal, municipal weight, municipal weight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're kind of like the, one of the ones that kind of pioneered that, that new resurgence of, of all that crossover stuff. So I'm a big crossover fan. You know, I love DRI, the accused, uh, cryptic slaughter and, and stuff like that so and there's just a ton of bands doing that and they all have that like uh they like to use that artist that did like the uh death album covers ed repka yeah yeah and i think he did some uh he did a lot of that a lot of that kind of stuff I can't mega death death uh evil dead he did a lot of yeah. thrash and death metal bands yeah lately. So they all, they all, you can tell they're like crossover thrash bands because they all have that, if not that artist, something that's, um, you know, emanating him. So you can kind of tell by the cover. Yeah. I like all these new bands that are coming out sound like a new wave of British heavy metal kind of stuff. Me too. And that's why I uh, bring up that band Bewitcher so much because they do play old style speed metal, but the guitar work and the drum work is the tastiest this side of Diamond Head's first album. I was going to say, because I did listen to that, and uh, yeah, definitely sounds like that. Like, even spans like uh, Night Demon, they, they, they sound a lot like uh, Diamond Head. Oh, yeah. Um, Substratum's another good one, but I think they're actually about to call it quits, unfortunately. And. Uh... Oh, the other band I mentioned, uh, Ram, a few weeks ago. Yeah, I like uh, that. But uh, I think I get back to Ramp York. Yeah, yeah, probably. How <laughs> many? Uh, <clears throat> Wayne, how many turds are you gonna give? Uh, how many rat turds? I'm gonna give to? this one. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, I'll go two and a half turds. Two wow. and a half rat turds. I was gonna out make of, a graphic by out the of five. Out of five. Wow. Okay. Well, you guys gave the Voivod two last time. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't I know. know what I gave. And that's a solid six out of five. I know. Crazy. <laughs> guys are deaf. But yeah, I think two is two and a half spare. Okay. Like I said, uh, I mean, it's a good album, but it doesn't really do much for me to like want to go out and go physically buy the album right away. Plus, you're not into the. You're not really that much into the genre. I am though. Like I'm not fully into it, but I I do like the songs. Like I said, if I if the songs are good, I don't care what genre it is. If it's good music, you know. Like, I mean, I like, like Caius, desert, very similar desert, to Caius, Caius. But well, yeah, I it's, mean, it's missing. It doesn't it's, sound anything like Caius, though. No, it doesn't. But the you can hear the drumming within Caius and stuff like that. But there's no solos. There's there's just nothing extra for me to like really, really like it. 
you think, Wayne? How many rat turds? Or, uh, Greg? Um, <laughs> uh, I, I'd have to give it a solid three. And um, it's only because there's like half of the album that I just find uh, plotting and not that interesting. But even then, I don't really think you run into any songs that are bad, even really, or unlistenable. Hmm. He just kind of hits that groove where some of it's boring. And the only reason I go three instead of four is because I'm familiar with some of his other stuff and I know he can do better. Mm-hmm. But I, I really like the back to basics approach on this and I hope he builds on it a little more. Yeah. And what about but, but what is good is really good, like Chocolate Eyes, Nation mm-hmm. Inc. Uh, um, I can't remember what the other single was, but Pisces. You know, there's definitely good stuff to be had. Some of my favorite songs he's actually done so far, like with Chocolate Eyes. But, um, yeah, the first half of the album's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I'd go f- with four. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, well, I, I, it's like if we ever did a Halloween show, everything is 10. If, me. if, it, I mean, yes, I'm, I'm biased just because I love this guy's stuff so much. I'm a little disappointed by the, by, uh, you know, most of the second half of the record right. or side B, I got, I got it on vinyl. Um, not all of it, but uh, some of it, the, the stuff that Sean Wheeler is on for me is just, and it's not his vocals. It's just the approach. And I think the lyrics, some of the lyrics are just real nonsensical yeah, um, and, and tedious for me. But uh, there's some really, that being said, I, I, I really appreciate that Brian is doing his own thing and it's not sound, other than sounding like bands of yesteryear, he's not sounding like other bands. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that he's still so prolific, you know, 13 records. Yeah, and, you know, that just doesn't. Um, In a short span of time too. And he's, he's been sitting, he has a record called Jacuzzi that's, that's, uh, heavy on the jazz and I, I think it might be all instrumental. Um, and, uh, that is, he's been sitting on that for like four or five years. It's been completely done. He just hasn't released it yet. He was supposed to release it before this one. And, um, so I've been waiting forever to hear that, but so, yeah, so include that and he's got 14, but the, uh, I just, uh, yeah, I would have to go with four because, um, the songs that are on there, I, that I do like, I think are real strong. And I, and I like the fact that it still sounds like Brant Bjork. I would like him to go a little bit more back toward the first, maybe four albums. Um, and just, uh, do some more of that, like the lyric, like the lyrics that he has for, uh, or the vocals that he has for Pisces. Right. Um, kind of lean toward that more, but overall I'm, I'm happy with it. I like it better than, uh, it's not my favorite album of his, but it's not my least favorite either. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I get, I try to turn people onto him as any, any chance I get, hmm. but he's well, also one of these bands that or, or musicians that I don't want everybody to know about because he's mine. You know what I mean? You ever had a band where it's like, you like them so early on and when they got popular, you're just like, you're just not interested. I was, I was like that with uh, the Smashing Pumpkins. Right. I had their first record and none of my friends knew who they were. Nobody knew they weren't on MTV or anything. And then uh, after Siamese Dream and, and then Melancholy and Infinite Sadness, it just, I was like, oh, this used to be my band. Yeah, exactly. 
you know? So it's, uh, yeah, it's like I want everybody in the world to, to listen, but then I want nobody to listen. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like that with Soundgarden. I love yeah. their 80s material, but if you want to talk to me about Super Unknown or Down on the Upside, just go away. Yeah. <laughs> I love those albums. Actually, not Down on the Upside, but Super Unknown's really good. I'd Fourth, rather Fourth listen to Louder Than Love any day of the week. Fourth of July is my favorite Soundgarden song. That's a great song. It is a good song. That downtune sound in there. So cool. All right. Well, we only got like four minutes left in this thing. So uh, let's end it before we cut somebody off. All righty. All right. So thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks uh, for Ted suggesting Brant Bjork. So, yeah. Thanks for checking it out, guys. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Not a problem. Go yeah. buy it. You know, if you like that stoner rock stuff, go buy it. It's not a bad album. Like I said, good. listen to it in the background. It's good. Yep. Buy this and buy the Voivod. <laughs> buy the Alice in Chains and uh, yeah, it'll be good. Next week we're doing um, Ghost Ship Octavius. That's um, the old drummer from uh, Nevermore. Band okay. Nevermore. Yeah, I know Nevermore World, Dane. I liked uh, them a lot. Yeah, so that's uh, who's in that band. There's some other guys too, but off the top of my head, I, I don't know. But uh, we'll be doing that next week. They gave me the album to review, so we'll be doing that. And, uh, yeah, check us out on... I have this uploaded on Twitch. Uh, we're now on iTunes as a podcast, and Stitcher as a podcast, and SoundCloud as a podcast. And uh, we're on Facebook, Facebook groups slash um, Rat Salad Review, and Twitter at uh, rat, rat underscore review so okay. if you want, anybody wants to write us and say how much we suck please do subscribe to the videos on youtube please get us uh so we can start making money on this thing now don't be a, don't be an internet troll people yeah we got enough of those yeah uh like the videos subscribe comment let us know maybe there's an album you want us to review let us know all right <laughs> We may do it. We may not. No, we'll, we'll try to do everything. We'll see how long the show lasts. All right. All right. So that's it for this week, everybody. Thank you. We're Rat Salad Review and we suck. <laughs> Thanks for being positive. <laughs> uh, all right. But Les Claypool would always say that at the end of the early Primus shows. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't another band do that too? Fu Manchu, don't they say they suck too? I'm mean? not sure. They'd be lying if they did. Oh, huh? I'm thinking of Primus. That could be what I'm thinking about. I don't know. No, oh, you're thinking of the Meat Men. We're the Meat Men and you Or no, that's <laughs> we're the Meat Men and you suck. That, that's the Meat Men, yeah. No, I never heard of that. I don't know what I'm thinking of. I'm tired. I don't know. Band from, uh, I think, Ann Arbor, Michigan? <laughs> Atlanta, Michigan? Never heard of it. Old, old punk rock band? Mm -mm, no idea. All right. Everybody go to bed. It's late. Yep. Bye, guys. All right. All See right. you guys. Have a good night. See you later. Next week. Next week should be regular time. Thursday, 7 uh, p.m. Eastern. We'll see. Yep. Yeah, we'll but, see. But which doesn't matter if it's not live, right? No, it doesn't matter. You can still listen to iTunes and uh, Twitch and all that stuff. I mean, if it's not live, it doesn't matter when we record it. No. Nope. You'll always find this. All right. Uh -huh. That's it. Say goodbye, everybody. Later on. Goodbye. Later. Peace.